Welcome back to a very somber, somber occasion. That's right. It's Uncanny Trek's final episode. That's Legion of Superheroes versus Star Trek Strange New Worlds. But don't worry. We'll be back with more Legion coverage soon. To round out our Legion coverage, we'll be back with a Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2 recap. And uh, once the writers and actors win a glorious victory and put the studios in their place, we'll be back probably in 2025 with Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 3 coverage. And until then, you can catch us at Uncanny Treks talking about a lot of other things. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight? Doing all right, Bob. Man, that, that intro there was a bit a bit rough. Uh, <laughs> I'm planning on watching Strange New Worlds as created by AI in 2025. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt's, Matt's rooting for the studio and the AI. He thinks the, uh, the actors and the writers uh, have a marginal at best contribution to the product. I can't wait to see Pike with like six fingers. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, Archie just gonna love when the auto uh, the autofill uh, AI just uh, has factually inaccurate statements peppered throughout the episode. That's going to be great. <laughs> I'm telling you what, the only reason I'd want to see AI Strange New Worlds is to see what it does with Pike's hair. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a lot that needs to be explored ai renditions of images and things are so bad i don't know if you've had a chance to look at any of that but it's awful looking i yeah i haven't looked into ai art and renditions very much i believe it i just haven't looked into it i do know that i am much much less uh convinced and much much less worried about ai taking my jobs as a teacher or a writer than many other people i I am, I am not impressed by the autocomplete that uh, the Silicon Valley is pushing on us. I, I feel like AI does a very good job with technical writing, but not so much with this. I don't think they can write us narratives that are going to be compelling. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've, I've seen uh, people generate lesson plans with AI, and it, it's garbage. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm sure it's obvious, but you know, the, I feel like using AI as a tool may be okay at some point, but... I don't see it taking over unless it's a good way people can save a ton of money, which is what's going to happen. So. Yeah, or or unless the uh, the actors and the writers lose their strikes, but they're not going to. They're gonna they're gonna hold union strong and prevail. So we're gonna stay positive, folks. We're staying positive because we so, want more episodes of Strange New Worlds. We do, we do. So tonight we're talking about uh, Trials, which is Legion of Superheroes Season 2, Episode 10. It originally aired on March 15th, 2008. And then uh, we are talking about Hegemony, the Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 finale, Episode 10. Matt, do you want to walk us through the plot of Trials, the Legion episode? Yeah, so I'm going to read this plot summary to you guys, and uh, it is as bad as it sounds. Mordu takes control of Xerox, <laughs> the sorcerer's planet, so Superboy X has to help the annoying young Mr. Mixel Piddlet clone from season one, Zix, regain his powers. Indeed, indeed. So uh, Mordu uh, cameoed in the magic episode in the first season of Legion. There he was like the vizier or the advisor to the sorcerer's world council. Here, he's clearly fallen out with them. Uh, I think I mentioned last season, he's one of the two biggest Legion villains, the other being the Time Trapper, who doesn't show up in the series. And Mordu is also sometimes a JSA villain. Yeah, I know you're going to say Mordu came way before Harry Potter, Bob, but this this was some Harry Potter shit. <laughs> <laughs> Groan. Groan. 
I'm sorry. So, I remember what, the magic episode from the first season. I think I was okay with it, but when they started doing the magic stuff in this one, I just you, it, you definitely was, weren't happy with it, but you seemed less perturbed last season than you clearly are this season. Yeah, the Young Justice episodes with magic are I I, I don't like them either, so it's just a thing with me. I just don't care. Yeah, Matt's uh, Matt's anti magi. We've established it. Which is weird because I do like some things that have magic in them. Like I'm okay with the witch. Like Harry Potter. No, I hate Harry Potter. Harry I Potter know. Sucks. I'm just giving you. A, <laughs> giving you a hard time. <laughs> no, I'm just saying this was some Harry Potter shit. This is what this sounded like. Yeah, yeah. Like they were capitalizing on Harry Potter in this episode. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So this does raise an important question, Matt. Is pairing Zix, the Mixapitalic clone, and Superboy X, is that just too much youthful attitude and too many late alphabet letters for one episode? I mean, there's a lot of late alphabet letters, yes. But uh, I just have to say that I hate this iteration of Mixapitalic Zix, whatever, after this mm-hmm. episode. I feel like the further in the future we go, sometimes you get like the Wish version of characters. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And I would defend the Legion generally from that charge, like as a franchise. But de- you're definitely right. In this, in these two seasons, we've definitely seen the Wish versions of Mixlepidilic. Uh, even though I liked the Wish version of Luther, we saw the Wish version of Luther. We saw the Wish version of General Zod. Like, it's a thing. We also get another character, Bob, that I have no clue who she is. Yeah, so we've got the White Witch as, like, the guide for Zix and Superboy X through their trials. Usually she's just the Magician Legion member. Kind of unfortunate that she gets reduced to a totally generic guide figure in this episode. I'm kind of happy with that because I don't need a magic character on the Legion all the time. She's very cool, and her and her and Mordu's relationship is very fun when it's done right in the comics. But, you know, what can you do? What can Does you she do? shoot ice? No. Oh. Well, that's sad. So, should. <laughs> <laughs> we, Speaking we, we of have, powers, Bob. <laughs> we, Matt, we have somebody who shoots eyes. Their name, his name is Polar Boy. He hasn't been around this season. What? <laughs> A stupid name. Don't act like you're hearing Polar it for the first time. You saw him in season one. Did I? Yes. Wow, He's one of the awful. subs. Polar Boy. Oh okay. come on, polar—that's too—that's too far. That's too far, Polar Boy. Okay, it sounds like the uh, the name of the bear, like the slushy machine or something. Get you a big, large Polar Boy <laughs> and some bold peanuts. If I were if I were rebooting the Legion, I totally would have Polar Boy be a sentient polar bear. That'd be that'd be gangbusters. <laughs> DC, give me the Legion. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, uh, did you like getting to see Starboy's powers in action, speaking of powers? I mean, yeah, I'm glad he's taking a larger role in this season. And, you know, he actually had a few lines, which is good. Yeah. You know? And by by larger role, you're, I mean, you're right. It is a larger role. But by larger role, you mean a few lines of dialogue, maybe seven. And then in episode 10, we see him use his powers for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to find yeah, finally getting his uh his day in the sun. I, I gotta say, I remember season two being a little bit better than this. It's not really living up to my memories. It's okay, Bob. I forgive you. <laughs> I've only Thank got you, a couple Matt. more episodes to go. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're yeah, one more one more episode after this, dear listeners, where we marathon the last three Legion episodes to yeah, round this, out. The second season's been coverage. rough. They had some really cool ideas, but I think it just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, we'll talk about this as we when we look at the season as a whole. But yeah, it basically started out with like a cool premise, and then 
there was very little follow-up on that premise. Well, Bob, I'll tell you that my non-Superboy Legionnaire of the Week is Phantom Girl. Because there's this really cool scene where these dudes go after her. Uh-huh. And she just, like, their, their axes or whatever just phase right through her. thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Phantom Girl, too, but I, I had forgotten that scene. And I was just like, well, she doesn't really do anything in the episode. Not that anyone else does, either. Yeah. <laughs> so I was... And so I decided to just give it to White Witch, but not this version of White Witch, the real White Witch, who, uh, you know, I wish were better in this episode. All right, Bob, so let's go on to our coverage of Strange New Worlds. All right, so Matt, do you want to walk us through the plot of the finale of Strange New Worlds Season 2, Hegemony? Pike, Nudian Singh, Mabinga, Ortegas, and Sam Kirk attempt to rescue survivors from a Gorn attack on the Kyoga and a Midwest colony planet while Spock angst over the probable death of Chapel during the attack. Do you have a message for people? Yeah, I just want to point out to all the whiners out there, we finally got to a strange new world, and it looks like the back lot at Paramount. So you're very welcome. There you go. <laughs> Quit complaining. I, uh, I did uh, recently post a meme someone had that I really enjoyed that was like the next generation uh, going where no one has gone before. Voyager trying to get out of where no one has gone before <laughs> deep space nine. Why don't we just stay here? Yeah, exactly. That is a fantastic meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't really agree with the strange new world criticism, but I do have to say it is clever to keep owning the show over the fact that there are very <laughs> few strange new worlds on the show. <laughs> you got a barbershop this time, guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to the barbershop. Don't yeah. you worry. So, Matt, I, I just really want to take a minute and fanboy out over the writers of the show are really based libs. They're like they're clearly liberals, but they're good liberals. They like they're liberals who like actually, you know, pay attention to the world. In the premiere, they warned us about false flag operations, a, a very worrying concern given developments in uh, Eastern Europe and West Africa. And in this episode, they're really trolling the conspiracy right, man. It's really funny. Like, uh, Captain Battelle and her log explicitly says that they're bringing vaccines to this 1950s Midwest small town. And then immediately a reptilioid attack happens, which is just like, you know, it just so fits into the Alex Jones extended universe. And then later we've, we're finding out that the reptilioid... Um, attack was provoked by sunspots it's so funny man i there's clearly a lot of like trolling of like conspiracy culture in this that i enjoy so bob are why are republicans provoked by sunspots i'm sh there probably is a right-wing tint to sunspots but i don't know it offhand i mean there definitely is to reptilioid conspiracy theories basically the reptilioids are just like a stalking horse for anti-semitic conspiracy theories right um with sunspots there probably is and it's probably some sort of alternative to climate change yeah. but i don't i don't know offhand I, I couldn't tell you offhand i just know sunspots are common in conspiracy theorizing i did not know that about the sunspots i know about the reptiles <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I also uh, do kind of appreciate in this, like kind of throughout the episode, Admiral April really does kind of like keep the intergalactic perspective on the matter. And it's kind of refreshing, you know, usually in 90s Star Trek, you'd have the Badmiral, but here, even though, you know, April is like the opposition to Pike and the crew's desires, it's more of a pretty reasonable opposition. It's not just, oh, he's corrupt or, oh, he's bureaucratic. Yeah, I was very much appreciative of him using some logic. Uh, have we ever had a Vulcan admiral? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've had several. Um, I couldn't tell you names, but I, I feel like there were a couple in the next generation. And then wasn't the was wasn't the evil prosecutor in episode two of the season? He was a yes. Vulcan, and wasn't he yes, an he admiral? Was. I think yeah. he was an admiral. You're right. Yeah. I also I did enjoy in this episode. We find out that the Gorn have the ability to jam sensors, communications, and transporters, which I think we've seen. You know, individual ones of those get jammed before from enemies or from circumstances on Star Trek. But I, I feel like it's the first time we've seen all three kind of jammed as a product of an enemy weapon. The Gorn are OP, Bob. They're OP. I don't know. I mean, it, may, it just sets up a good, you know, good scenario for stories. Yeah, they can't do anything with the <laughs> shit they have. <laughs> so they got to come up with some new shit. Yes, that's how stories work. Well, it kind of makes sense with like... You know, the Gorn are hunters, and like hunters in contemporary American culture, they just totally cheat, right? They, do use, right. they use all these things to cheat. Like, they use pheromones to trick the deer in, that sort of, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I would say my favorite uh, line in the episode, though, was probably Ortega's line when Pike is dragging out the new weapons, break in case of Gorn. Yeah, so when, they, when she got called to go on that away mission, Bob, I feared she was going to die or be traumatized. And it could still happen. But yeah, I, I, I was worried too, but I, I don't think they're going to get rid of Ortegas, especially since they haven't had much time to develop her yet. I think partially because of you know, personal tragedy the actress suffered. So I think Ortegas is probably good for at least one more season, if not several more. Yeah, and Boimler says she's, you know, Boimler knew who she was, so I'm assuming that she does. Yeah, but that's longer. I think that's because, you know, the Klingon war was before this and I think it she was a war hero because of that. Oh, war. not after. Okay. I think. Yeah, I'm not totally sure, that but I'm make pretty a lot more sure. sense then. Yeah, okay. Well, there's still a possibility she could be on, on knocking on death's yeah. door at some point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I was also deeply amused that uh, after this episode Spock is adding zombie movies to his research queue. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I can just imagine Spock like sitting down to watch the Evil Dead or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, man, Dawn, Dawn of the Living Dead. It's the good stuff. It's the good yeah. stuff. Actually, it's just Dawn of the Dead. I'm opposed. What did I say, Dawn of the? Dead. I don't know. Evil Dead. I think it's actually a video game. I don't know. No, it's Evil, something with Evil, Dead. Evil Dead's a Evil Dead's a zombie. It's a movie. franchise, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a zombie movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's more like a one. It's like a. Only a few zombies possessed by an evil book instead of like a mass zombie. Yeah, this thing. is the one with Ash. What you call it, right? Yeah, Ash. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, 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 Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I also deeply loved Ortega's trolling Pike for being weak on flying. She's doing the complicated maneuvers in the atmosphere, and it's making uh, it's making Captain Pike a little green around the gills. Okay, this when I watched the scene, I think I even texted you that this was so reminiscent of something that we have watched earlier, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is. Maybe it was Star Wars something, but them having to pull up like that at the last minute has been a recent thing on something we've watched. I mean, it's kind of a yeah, it's it's, it's been done before, I know, but like a more recent episode of something we've done. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a pretty common trope, but I couldn't I couldn't place what it was you were referring to. Maybe Picard. I think there was something in Picard like that. I just don't remember. Yeah. It could be Star Wars, but I don't know what Star Wars it would have been because I don't think it's Obi-Wan and I don't think it's... You, you didn't Maybe Mandalorian. Ma well, did you watch Mandalorian Season 3? Not Season 3, but Season 1 and 2. 
There's no telling, I, Bob, but it, 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 yeah, it's we know it's a, we know it's happened before, yeah. and I'm pretty sure it's happened recently in something else we watched. So it was, yeah, it was very yeah. fresh. I was like, oh, this is, or it wasn't very fr- <laughs> the opposite. It was not very fresh. I was like, oh, I've seen stuff like this before. We know they're <laughs> but, all not going to die. At least, at least letting uh, Ortega's give her boss a hard time is uh, yeah. uh, from it was good. And it speaking of good. giving. Uh, Pike a hard time. I was deeply amused that his first instinct for a hiding place is a barber shop. Yeah, if I had hair like that, Bob, I'd want to ensure that I could be styled and coiffed, even if the Gorn were planting eggs in my butt. Look, Matt, they may not have any supplies, but Pike will have hair care supplies, and that's what matters. That is exactly what matters. The man will be okay as he's impregnated by Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> you and Spock were feeling um, the zombie movie vibes. I gotta say, I was really feeling Jurassic Park 2, the Lost World vibes off the Gorns running down the street. You know, very raptors uh, loose in the city, which I'm pretty sure happened in Jurassic Park 2, the Lost World. Yeah. Yeah, the first Gorn episode was all alien, you know, last season. This was definitely mm-hmm. more Jurassic Park. Kind of gave It did have those type of vibes. The only, the only time I ever really went back to feeling like alien was when Chapel and Spock were taking out the spacesuit Gorn. Yeah, the spacesuit scenes and the scene on the hull did much more go to like an alien vibe. Yeah, but yeah, mostly with the, it being more planetary for most of the runtime. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a kind of different feel, different feel. I also, I you may reject this comparison, but I do like that ultimately Uhura and Pelia's plan is to combine 9-11 and Star Trek Generations by crashing the Cuyahoga's saucer section into the Gorn Tower. The, speaking of, you know, the show being written by base libs and trolling the right, I, I felt like that was a pretty funny troll. These writers, um, I mean, you just can't... I, I, I don't know. I guess having ten, only ten episodes, it's just so much easier for them to get in what they need because it's more concise, as opposed yeah, to doing twenty-four yeah. episodes and spreading it out. Yeah, definitely. and we'll talk about this a lot in our season two uh, wrap up. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, Matt, I'm going to bury the lead here a little bit and just ask: Did you like Scotty's booby trap? Yeah, although when you texted me, Bob, I thought you were watching another film or something. And I had to like Internet Movie Database Booby Trap, which is just a bunch of weird shit that I I couldn't imagine you were probably watching any of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was also because I think you texted me. You said enjoying the booby trap. I thought you were saying you were enjoying the booby (laughs) trap. I thought you were telling me you were watching a film called The Booby Trap, and that you were usually usually when it's a film title, I try to put. You'll capital. I know. I know. Apparently, that's the side you're owning me this week, Bob. On, on the other podcast we uh, recorded earlier today, I just can't seem to understand the whole capitalization thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Scotty's appearance also sent me down an IMDb rabbit hole, Matt, where I was trying to figure out if I'd seen Martin Quinn as the new actor playing Scotty. Um, I was trying to find out if he'd been in anything I'd seen. Um, it was surprisingly difficult. There's like four actors named Martin Quinn on IMDb, and they've like most of them have been like in indie movies, like and only like three of them in like 2002. It was very strange experience, but I finally found the right guy. I found our boy. He looks to have mostly been in minor like British TV stuff, so nothing was familiar to me, even though he looks vaguely familiar, which maybe is just the resemblance to James Doohan in the 60s. And you'll also be disgusted to know that Martin Quinn, who's playing Scotty, is a decade younger than us. Yeah, getting old sucks, but I'm starting to come to terms with it. Um, Especially knowing that the actor who plays Kirk is closer to our age. 
And the other thing that keeps me going, Bob, is that uh, professional wrestlers are starting to skew more towards the 40s. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> there's still a chance. <laughs> yeah, there's still a chance, Bob. I get out of this. I did it all. <laughs> it's, so, more of uh, like, it's more of like when the world champion's like 40, I'm like, okay, that's not too bad. You're in the middle. <laughs> when usually, you know, when you think of athletes, you think in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. So did you like uh, their version of Scotty Matt? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, looks just like him, sounds like him, acts like him. I think they, they've hit, they've really hit the nail on the head with casting these actors to portray the guys who are just so famous and iconic. They went with no names. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's the key because they look just enough like him. Sound just enough like him, but it's still a different person. Well, I'm gonna disagree. It's not anybody famous you've already put into another role. I'm gonna disagree with you slightly on this. Sounds like like it's a real Scottish accent. Now, granted, the voice sounds somewhat similar to James (laughs) Duhans, but it's like a real Scottish accent. Yeah, it's real this time around. It's more authentic. Um, yeah, no, I like, I, you know, they, they establish him as like clever. I also like saying that he's like cowardly is too strong, but like, it was interesting that this episode like established his skill at running. Right. And like, mm-hmm. he was, you know, partially just cause he's young and inexperienced he, and partially cause Pike and Battelle are kind of crazy. He was a little off put by their plan, you know? So I, I really liked how they were playing him as like, he's not, you know, he's not some like macho fighter come with me if you want to live guy he's uh he's a very clever very creative uh you know fleer which i thought was good i will say that out of all the characters in the kelvin verse simon Pegg as scotty was probably the only character i would have loved to have like dragged into the prime uh, hard disagree there, bro. Hard okay. disagree there. Hard disagree. And also, how, how why are you burying the lead on uh, Carl Urban playing McCoy, who is, who oh, is much yeah, better Carl. than Scotty? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, damn, I forgot about him. Yeah, Carl Urban and Simon Pegg. Bring them over. We're good. No, no. Martin Quinn is so much better than Simon Pegg. Okay. Well, but, but, yeah, okay. We'll go with Martin Quinn. <laughs> also, I... I I, I kind of hate Simon Pegg for like his uh, his comedy movies like specific, what's the zombie movie comedy I that love he that was movie in? Shaun of the Dead There's that movie that sucks so much. there's nothing wrong with that film I now, those it, other it, ones I didn't care for but that one I was okay with <laughs> maybe I just watched it at the right time in my life you I was about to say you watched it at the right time I didn't see Shaun of the Dead till like 2013 or something oh, and okay, by then yeah. it was far too late. <laughs> It was far yeah, too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, do you remember when we tried to see his cop movie, Hot Fuzz? Yeah. Yeah, so listeners in our hometown, or at least my hometown, we went to uh, try and see uh, Simon Pegg's cop movie, Hot Fuzz. And we went in, and there was no audio. <laughs> and was it Spider-Man 3 was out at the same time? I think it was something Spider-Man what, Yeah, we went to see something else. It was Well, yeah. no, we, we go out to the ticket counter, and she, we're like, hey, the audio's not on for Hot Fuzz. And she's like, the the lady at the ticket counter's just like, oh. And we're just like, well, could you turn it on? And then she's just <laughs> like, no. And then it's like, she's like, do you want a ticket? You want a tickets to Spider Man three? And it's like, we've seen Spider Man three. And she's like, do you want tickets to Spider Man three? Like, no, we don't. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> yes, folks, and that's how socialization was what year was that probably 2009 <laughs> now it's it's a hundred times worse now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. I mean, we weren't covering ourselves in glory that day, but uh, neither mm -hmm. was she. Uh, it was 2007. Yeah, 2007 wow. for both films. Oh. Which also weirdly, Matt, the maybe the greatest year for American movies in the 21st century. Uh, no Country for Old hot, Men. There will be blood. Zodiac. Not. I never saw Hot Fuzz, so I can't, I couldn't tell you. I didn't either. I, I don't. I, I never watched it. I've only seen Shaun right. of the Dead of the. I think there's like a trilogy. I've only seen that. Yeah, one. yeah. Th there's a robot one. It's like the pub at World's End or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard of that, but I haven't. Yeah, yeah and then I think maybe they're it, they're saying they're going to expand it into a fourth movie, but I don't know if the fourth oh, movie has actually happened or not. Well, Bob, anyway. back on this episode, let's talk about yeah. this. Uh, let's talk about some important, such as this Gorn spacesuit. Man, this Gorn spacesuit is dope <laughs> as hell. I. I, I mean, surely somebody must have put a reptilioid alien in a spacesuit before. Oh, yeah. But it's I happened can't... multiple times in video games. <laughs> okay. I can't think of one offhand, though, and it looked really cool on this Gorn. I, I, I really liked the uh, the FX work here. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And when they break the oxygen mask, you know, I realized mm -hmm. we have now seen a full adult Gorn, but it's hidden enough to not ruin the whole look of the original series until they're ready for that you know what i mean like yeah yeah totally totally like i don't really know what a full adult gorn would look like if you were inclined to nitpick which i'm not inclined to but it is kind of funny that like in arena they're acting like no one has ever seen a gorn before and yeah. it's a big deal that kirk is fighting it on the planet and then spock's just thinking to himself yeah i definitely killed one of those in a spacesuit before. yeah <laughs> As he watches Jim struggle for his life against the Gorn on the planet. Folks, this is how we can utilize AI to fix canonical errors. <laughs> Jesus. I, they should go back in, and add in some some vocals for that. Be like, Captain Kirk, when, when I faced the Gorn and they were wearing spacesuits, I had to break their mask. <laughs> this Gorn is not wearing a spacesuit. <laughs> so my strategy does not apply. Yeah. We don't know how to take him out. <laughs> so matt as soon as um as soon as Battelle stepped uh out to face the gorn i called that she was pregnant from a gorn oh, yeah <laughs> she's you... gonna have gorn babies and she's so dead bob i and again strange new worlds is like classy enough to to not make a thing of this but it is like really funny that subtextually like pike got cuckolded by a gorn <laughs> that's really funny I think this is just firmer commentary on Roe versus Wade being overturned, Bob. It's also that. It's also that. <laughs> Do you you watch Prometheus, right? Yeah. Uh, I really love. Is it is it Numi Rapace is the female lead in that? I believe yes. I believe so. Yes. I, I deeply love that scene where she's trying to get the alien out of her, and so she's basically asking like the med bed to do an abortion on her. And it, it won't, like, it comes up, like, this service is not allowed on this device. Oh, my I, God. That, I always thought that was a really funny yeah. bit, of, bit of pro-choice commentary in a sci-fi movie. I two together. <laughs> but uh, also, uh, yeah, no, obvi obviously we're joking, but the overturning of Roe v. Wade is terrible, and we both deplore it. All right, Bob, let's so, move on to something a little more, uh, a little less serious. Yeah, yeah. So Matt, I did was she wearing this in earlier episodes because I I didn't notice it till this episode, but I really like Pelia's tool belt. It 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 looks very good and funny. Yeah, she had it on a couple. I think she was had it on the one where she was going back and forth with number 1, I think. Okay. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a it's a good look for for an engineer. I like it. And then 
when uh, Pike discovers that Chapel, you know, is alive and back on the ship after she and Spock uh, kill the Gorn and get off, and he hugs her, that was really sweet. Pike, Pike is such a wholesome captain; it it breaks my heart. Like I'm starting to like Pike more as like a human being. Yeah, yeah. Is there something is, about him? Like he's just so much more yeah. like human about him. Like he cares about the people around him. Yeah, he does. And respects he, them. He does, and in a way that it like. He's he you know, we've said this before, but he very much feels like a more 24th century captain than mm -hmm. a 23rd century captain. But it's also to the point where it's like he's much more like warm than like Picard or Janeway or Cisco ever were, you know? Yeah, he's very warm. And he's just I mean, he's it's like he's trying to it's going to bite him in the ass, though. And I think that's kind of what this is showing, because he's now all these decisions he has made. Some of them have been for, for personal reasons, and we'll, we'll kind of well, get into we'll, that in our season we'll, two coverage. We'll, yeah, well, yeah, I'm about to say because I, I, I maybe I maybe disagree with you slightly there. We'll yeah. we'll see in the season two coverage. So I'll go ahead and transition to. It is really funny uh, that we have Scotty's lack of enthusiasm and seeing Pelia, and so it's just like this nice trope of like Pelia failing all of our favorites. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. They were all bad in school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they turned out to be awesome. I was good in school. What? And you, we both turned out to be failures, Matt. <sighs> indeed, indeed. So we have a hell of a cliffhanger at the end of this episode. It is uh, it is pretty cruel that we're going to probably have to wait two years for it to be uh, resolved. Although some of the online commentary about that has been utterly asinine. Obviously when they were making this show, they didn't know there was going to be a writers or an, an actor strike. So people, people should shut the fuck up about that. Uh, and also, you know, as we said at the top, here's hoping the writers and the actors win. So we don't have AI content for the end of time, but it's a hell of a so, so Hold on, Bob. I need, I need you to clarify this for me. So the argument is that after season two, the writing wrapped up, they knew a writing strike was coming, so they decided to write more as quickly as possible. Is that what I'm understanding? No, the argument is that they shouldn't have ended on a cliffhanger because of the oh, writers and they should have ended strike. on a. Oh, I thought you meant people were like, because you just mentioned the wait. I didn't know if that was okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, the wait, I mean, yeah, because I, I think it's safe to say that even if the strike wraps up, quickly which it doesn't look like it will but yeah. even if it wraps up quickly the soonest i think we could expect to get more would be 2025 oh yeah they had yeah okay also the argument is that they shouldn't have done a cliffhanger because they knew the writing strike was coming the writer strike was coming but they really didn't they really didn't they didn't yeah, yeah okay gotcha yeah. Oh, that makes more sense yeah i well i just think the time frame of like when this was being written and produced was you know far enough ahead that there's no way so when did you realize it was going to be a cliffhanger? Well, when it felt when it was all like slow motion and Pike was trying to, you could see Pike trying to make a decision about what to do, and Uhura was kind of, you know, do, you need, do we need to, what do we need to do? And then you had, I think it was was it Ortegas or number one? Yeah, number one also says, you know, what, what, once we had all that, I was like, shit, this is about to cut off. And yeah, man, my Ortega, adrenaline was Ortegas pumping. is on that Gorn ship, man. She That's right, I meant, I meant number one. Yeah, You're she right. got abducted by the reptiloids. Yeah. My adrenaline was just pumping hard, like so hard. I was like, okay, we got to figure out what's going to happen. What's he going to do? And it's just to be continued. I, like, I, <laughs> I mean, I somewhat cheated, but I as soon as they said they couldn't beam the people up from the surface, 
I immediately checked the time and it was like 90 seconds to the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, so we're it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out or credit to whoever did that subtle transportation, like the transporter visualization of the, the characters that are abducted by the Gorn. Mm-hmm. That was just subtle enough that I knew something was off. But I was like, mm-hmm. mm, maybe it's just weird. Maybe it's just that's what it looks like when you teleport that many people at the same time. Yeah, or maybe it's something about the interference, you know, right. hanging over but, from but it. No, yeah. no, it was totally, yeah. they, they kidnapped them. Oh, man, it, it was a hell of a cliffhanger. I am really stoked for, hopefully we'll see season three in 2025, but maybe I it's hope 2026. So. I'm going to be so yeah. sad if, like, Paramount Plus goes bankrupt or some shit, or it's, uh, this has to continue. We have to know what happened. I mean, if if Paramount Plus continues, this will continue, I feel oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't continue, they might do what, you know, uh, Max has done with Batman, right? And I could definitely see, like, Amazon or Netflix picking it up. So I, Oh, yeah. this They yeah. could print money with this if, they, if they're smart. You know, this is a good show. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if we're going to get more lower decks after the writer's strike. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get Star Trek Legacy or not, especially since they've been, I guess that's still not like officially confirmed, which seems insane to me. But I, I, I'm as sure of anything in the world that we're going, in some form, we will see Strange New World Season 3, you know? Comic book adaptation. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yes! <laughs> no, fan-made comic book adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. What Matt? You, you and I, you and I do the radio drama of Strange New World season three. That would be perfect. <laughs> oh God, we'd be terrible at that. <laughs> so Matt, it's time to move into our final uh, few awards. Uh, do you want to give the award your award for comment of the week of dumb people talking about Strange New Worlds on the internet? Yes, Bob. Here was my comment of the week from a, a Reddit thread. Do you find the Gord compelling or interesting? They roar, they click, they jump scare. They act, look, and sound like every CGI alien monster from the last 20 years. This was fine when they were using it in the alien episode of the first season, but to make them the reoccurring threat is such a waste. I mean, A, that's really dumb because we f- we learn a lot about the Gorn this episode and it that it's really interesting, like the things we learn about their habit, their habits and the things that they're, you know, I'm no biologist, so I can't speak to the plausibility of some of this, but the way that they're incorporating like reptile characteristics into the Gorn's behavior is pretty cool and something never to be never done before. But also like what do you want, bro? More Klingons? Yeah, they have a they have a cool spacesuit. We learned all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff about them. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I feel like they were bitching about the Klingons and the Ferengi and stuff during like Next Gen. Like if they, we would have had the internet then, people would be saying the same. Well, thing. I mean, in fairness, the Ferengi and Next Gen did suck. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. But let's let's get them with the uh, the Romulans. We them bitching about them. Show yeah, up too much. Yeah. And then uh, for my comment of the week, uh, this was from Twitter. We had to survive the musical episode to get this highly anticipated, extreme, disappointing, anticlimactic, all caps, GORN episode. <laughs> the big, scary, all caps, GORN are a cross between Rango and Mantis, question mark, <laughs> disenchanted with the series. Oh my god. Rango. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that Johnny Depp Western cartoon, right? Yeah, he's like a lizard. It's just, <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Really, I love I love the the 
Man, people are so bitter about the musical episode. People still <laughs> so want to shut the hell up about it. They're still talking about it. I'm like, God, get over it. We'll, yeah, we'll talk more yeah. about that in our coverage of the We will. Of we will. So, Matt, who is your character of the week? Character of the week this week, Bob. I was going to give it to Pike, but you, uh, we'll, we'll go into that in a minute. But Spock is my character of the week. Very fair. Very fair. Spock's emotions were on display here. But they did it in such a way that it was just subtle enough. Because you know he, he yeah. thinks that Chapel's dead. Yeah. Then he has to rescue Chapel. And there's just all these little like clues that he is like about to flip out. But mm-hmm. he's keeping his emotions in check. Hell of a hell of a performance. Ethan Peck is the Spock actor, right? Yes. Hell of a performance from uh, Peck. And then yeah, everybody was great this episode. I love the entire ensemble, as we'll talk about in the season two review uh but i'll give it to pike it, i mean in a lot of ways it was his episode he did a great job uh love this show uh matt what's your episode of the week uh hegemony so yeah so. yeah no, that, there was real suspense there would it would it be hegemony or would it be the harry potter knockoff i mean real <laughs> suspense uh from the listeners well listeners we've we've really enjoyed you humoring uh me and going on this legion of superheroes and star trek strange new worlds journey with us we will be back very quickly with strange new world season two wrap-up coverage then we'll have an episode wrapping up the final three episodes of legion of superheroes we'll wrap up the last i think it's the last four comics of the tie-in comic to Legion of Superheroes, and we'll do a nice little recap of uh, our experience with the Legion show, movie, and tie-in comic. So that'll cover us on uh, Strange New Worlds until it gets back. We'll certainly be back with Strange New Worlds Season 3 coverage in 2025, 2026, whenever it is. And uh, Paramount, pay your writers, you cheap bastards. Uh, I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.